Live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go. Cofield and company. I had voice fatigue there. Uh, Demond is back in the Finley Toyota Studios, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. On a Friday, 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 Friday. James with the setup here. Thanks to uh, T.I. for having us on another Friday. This is our Friday home. Friday, 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 Friday. We got a lot going on. A very busy show today. Uh, as we were organizing the show, Demond, you can attest to the fact that uh, we were cutting stuff out of the show that we had planned on doing. So... Stuff hit the cutting room floor, breaking news out there, good stuff to get to. A lot more Vegas talk. So we bring in uh, Vegas talk with regards to Super Bowl 58. We bring in our buddy in the middle of the show, Willie Ramirez. All right, Damon, I will take a breath. What's going on with you today? You are serving as the company. Glad to have you. Steve, I'm fired up for today. You know when a show comes together <laughs> and then see. you look at it and you yeah. say, man, we got a good show going today. Do you ever look at the show and really feel that way? What do you mean? This is so a good show. It. We got okay. a good show lined up today. Okay. I actually, I'm taking you seriously. There are days when, as I'm putting stories in our rundown, I'm like, man, this is going to be a good show. So we got Cordell Stewart, former NFL and star quarterback slash at uh, Colorado. He'll be up in less than 15 as there's a big celebrity golf tournament just down the road at Wynn. So we'll tell you what he's doing, his thoughts on Colorado and Dion and the charity it benefits. So I'm excited about that one. I'm really excited about that one. But we're about three minutes away from talking about the biggest star in all of college basketball. Maybe. Like, we're going to talk about it. It's Caitlin Clark, and we can debate if she's the biggest star. But really big news, Damon, out of the NFL and the Raiders. I guess we all kind of thought of uh, beautiful Jimmy Garoppolo as pretty much done with the Raiders. You know, they were still going to have to pay because Frick and Frack, uh, who decided to bring him in, right? Give me a couple of, uh, I'm not on with that deal, right? Uh, Ziegler and McDaniels. Signed him a pretty hefty contract with uh, guaranteed money upwards of like $33 million. And I think the plan all along has been to dump him in March just into the new NFL year. And now Jimmy G has made it easy. Now, what he's been convicted of by the NFL seems kind of minor, but you saw the details. So Jimmy G gets popped on a substance issue. He'll miss the first two games of next year, but what it does is very much clear the decks for the Raiders to move on without much of a cost. Yeah, so Jimmy G caught himself in a bad predicament, but they're going to be able to cut him. I think they're saving about $11 million. The minute he signed that three-year 33, oh, no, that was $33 million guaranteed that he was yeah. supposed to get. $72. $72 million yep. deal. Yep. And that's why we've talked about this with Derek Carr. We talk about it all the time in the NFL. Never look at the full value of a deal because the NFL is generally structured to – maybe give you guaranteed money for half of the deal, which this wasn't even half. But now the $11.25 million roster bonus, uh, that'll go bye-bye. And then the 
base salary that was guaranteed, another 11.25 for the 2024 season, could now be voided because of the suspension. So I'm not rooting for a guy to lose money. Uh, this apparently was a prescribed drug, but not an approved drug. Or, uh, yeah, so so he got caught in that net. So Garoppolo's suspended for the first two games, but it does get the Raiders out from a bunch of money. So if you're looking for the Raiders to have more cap room, have more flexibility, this is a good thing. It's not a good thing for Jimmy G. It, it, it kind of sucks. No, Raider fans, you get on your horse and you campaign <laughs> for Jimmy G because this is one of the most Raider things of all time. He got suspended because he was trying to get that little extra edge. If that's not the Raider way, what is? I don't get mad at players for trying to get healthy, right? And he's had constant health issues, and I'm assuming that's what this was for. Where does he land as a backup, and is he willing to work for, like, $6 million? Because he's not going to get – he's not getting a starting job. There are markets that need bridge quarterbacks, like this one, unless they feel like they nail a quarterback in the draft who can start right away, and it ain't AOC. Uh, I don't really even want him as a bridge if they draft a young guy. Will Garoppolo be willing to play, be in the mix somewhere as a two, maybe behind someone really good, but only make like $5 million? Only. I think he's made enough money. He should definitely be okay with, hey, Cincinnati, I see that A.J. McCarron's going to live his dreams and be the Battle Hawks quarterback. I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) So living their dreams last night were Iowa fans, and living her dream was Caitlin Clark. Maybe it was Kelsey Plum's nightmare because she got eclipsed as the all-time leading scorer in Division I basketball. Uh, did you see what Caitlin Clark did in terms of the numbers, Damon? I saw the numbers, Steve. This was one of those events where I know that if all tickets now are digital and electronic, but Iowa, if they wanted to make a little money, hey, extra $20, you can buy a ticket stub, too, to remember, to commemorate that you were at this game. Is that right? Yeah, I, I'm a saying fake they should do it. Stub? Yeah. It wouldn't be a fake one. You know, maybe a little something extra, but I'm saying that people should remember oh, okay. where they were for this night because you watch Sports Center today, even PTI, where this was in the A block of the show, Caitlin Clark. It's a big deal. She deserves it. Women's basketball has advanced a lot since back in our day when Kelsey Plum set the record, and that's not that far back. Kelsey Plum is not an old woman. That's all good, that's all real good. She scored 49 points. She made 9 of 18 threes. Did you see the record-setting shot? Plus 30-footer, Steve. In the post-game press conference, she said she wanted the record-setting shot to be one of those deep threes from the logo. Yep. She kind of jumped forward from the logo, made it, swish. She finished with 49, so now she'll go down in history as the all-time leading scorer. I think this is great for women's basketball, and I'm going to say it right now. I believe that, first of all, I think Angel Reese, and I've argued this, you know, whatever, a couple months ago, is going to go into the WNBA and kill it. I think she's being limited at times by LSU and their offense and this silly discipline over academics. Got to go to class? What are we doing here? What's NAL for? means uh, you don't get to go to class, or you don't have to go to class at all, but her season got a little derailed. She's still got big numbers. I think she's going to be awesome. I think Caitlin Clark – will go into the WNBA and right away become the best player in the league and average over 25 points a game. Right away. Whoa, so here's Steve a challenge for Here's a challenge. Every time you say something like this, around the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Aces, they, uh, they bow up and they get all fired up. I think Caitlin Clark is next level. She is the future. She will go in and kick booty. That record's not going to stand for another four years that she just made in college. Juju Watkins at USC, she's going to break it.
All right, we'll see. Takes a, a lot of luck to stay healthy the whole time. Um, also, Caitlin Clark did stay and not go to the WNBA, right? Yep, stayed all four years. Yeah, so would you if you were a star in your third year? I wouldn't. And unless we'll see if this NIL train keeps rolling for the female athletes. If it does, and, you know, Juju can match whatever Clark and especially Angel Reese. I think Reese is probably making north of a million and a half, two million. If the money's there, well, you know, the funny thing with this is going pro, there's a chance you don't make as much money if you're not in a big market and you don't get the uh, merchandising and marketing opportunities. Kelsey Plum reacted because I remember asking her at Opportunity Village last year. I think it was like a season ticket party for Aces fans, and she kind of chuckled at the fact that the money was smaller in the WNBA. Now, maybe she was insulted that I said that, but technically on the books – it is smaller, so we'll see what happens with Caitlin Clark. I, but also, I, real quick, yeah. Caitlin Clark, she has the State Farm commercial. It's not like she's going to go to the WNBA and State Farms now says, hey, not interested. Maybe, you know, the, the Iowa collective that maybe she gets some of her NIL money from, yeah, because you're not at Iowa, what good are you, what have you done for us lately? Right. But I don't think the national attention just goes away. Like State Farm, hey, we don't want you in our national campaign anymore now that you're not at Iowa. So today's a good day for female basketball because, like you said, uh, A Block, uh, top of all the shows, Caitlin Clark, female hoops is getting attention. Was last night actually a screw job that they were on Peacock behind a paywall? <laughs> Peacock always wins, Steve. Right? You now said you were going to cancel after the wild card game. But let's see what the numbers are, right? We, all, we were all complaining about it, saying, hey, maybe we want to boycott here because if this works on Peacock with the NFL playoffs, it means we're going to get more of it. Uh, no one boycotted it. It got an audience of 23 million. The Chiefs game did. Was that good? I mean, the NFL's one thing, Damon. It's women's basketball. Was that good last night that Peacock tried to monetize that women's basketball historic moment as much as possible by putting it behind a paywall, or did they actually screw over the progress of female basketball? I think that it shows that if you want it, you will go to it. Peacock, you got if you want to see Caitlin Clark make history, you're going to pay for it. There better be – wow, this is a ridiculous claim. I'm, I can't even say this. I was going to say she had a game a few weeks ago that got 1.55 million viewers. What – if this one is below what number? Where do you get pissed? Like below 500,000? Can it, Was it even at that behind a paywall for the viewing audience? I don't know how the streaming works. Are they counting it the same way regular television does when it comes to viewers against subscribers? I'm sure the Peacock has a, like a number model that they can say this this was a success, but yeah. we just don't know it yet. I would think their number model is more accurate than the existing number model, which is uh, you know people in households doing a, a stupid meter. This one actually can, I would assume, could track it on your TV. Like, hey, this person is here. So we'll see what it does. We'll see what the numbers look like, but. Really good night for uh, women's basketball, except for the fact that it was behind a paywall. we got a big show coming up in town. Ray Romano is going to be playing over at the Venetian Summit Showroom. Tickets on sale now. Ticketmaster.com. It's in April. DeMond's got your tickets. Call her 736-4100 to go see the legendary Ray Romano. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. All right, rolling on on a Friday. Cofield and company over at uh, TI. Come on, it's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. We got a 
cool celebrity golf tournament coming up. It's for a great cause. We'll get into the cause and talk some football as uh, Cordell Stewart is going to be in town next week for the uh, Silver Classic. Who knows? Maybe he's here now. Cordell, where are you? I'm in Atlanta right now, brother. How you you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you coming on with us to talk about this uh, golf tournament and some very important issues. When do you actually get to town? Well, we actually get there uh, Monday, Tuesday. Everybody start coming in possibly on Wednesday, so everybody's starting to get on Monday, and then the last all the way out through till Friday. So nice. it's going to be a great week to have some fun and hang out for a good cause. But most importantly, you know, after the good cause, it's time to go play some golf, be a part of some libations and all that fun stuff. And just there enjoy you ourselves. You know how it goes. Let's pull back the curtain before we talk about the uh, benefit of the tournament. This is the first time you've run your own tournament, so how overwhelming does it get down the stretch trying to organize it? Oh, my God, man. You have no idea. Boy, I tell you what. Mike, okay. So, when you know, we just started this process about three months ago. I would say starting like in December, November, December. And when we started doing from the ground roots, we didn't have a company to actually go doing the soliciting, if you will, of getting sponsors and donors or even people want to play in a group. And so as you're going through this process of trying to get the information out and it's not moving as fast as you need to, mind you, at this time we only had one group that is locked in uh, as far as wanting to play, and that lasted for about 45 to about 60 days straight. Oh, boy. And I'm like, and there's a number that we have to get to to even allow this thing to actually happen. So when you think about the number that was put in the, in the, in the, in the bucket, if you will, uh, of a group that play, paid their money, we're looking at the bigger bucket. I'm like, it's been 45 days, and this is the only action. And then before you know it, over the last three weeks to four weeks, it's just been like hail coming out of the sky, man. It's just been dropping like crazy. So, you know, we're going to have about nine to ten groups of threes and some of fours. And, you know, we got the Jerome Bettises, to the Marshall Falks, uh, the Eric Dickersons, the Jonathan Ogdens, who's there in Vegas, Sterling Sharps, myself. Now, Harold Green and Victor Green, all great, great players like Hall of Famers, the Super Bowl winners, or guys that had great careers. And we're going to team up with a lot of people that really want to support the cause and come out and have a great time. And what other place do you rather play other than the win, right? And, and all of a sudden, where you're staying is at the win, too, as well. So it's going to be a great time, great time. Cordell, I want to ask you about your golf game because I was JV golf in high school, not to brag. <laughs> but. <laughs> JV, <laughs> when did JV, you? Right? Yeah, just JV. When did you get serious about golf? Where it went from, hey, something to do with your with your fellow NFL buddies to like, no, I want to be good at this. Well, I would say so. Bob Simmons, the linebackers coach that used to be at Colorado back when I was there in, 19, in the nineties, uh, he always say, man, you need to stop playing. So I used to go to Boulder Country Club, which is right down the Rapahoe, like ten minutes away from the college, from the university, and. We used to go over there and play to give the guys deals to play and got some clubs and all that fun stuff. And then started picking up as time progressed and, you know, dealing with titles and all these different other companies early on. And But now I'm restricted on as a brand ambassador. But once you start picking up and you have the time to do it, because you got to try to match the level of intensity, tenacity and intensity when it comes to competitive spirit, right? So what you're doing is you're dealing with something that stands still and doesn't move. And with the face of this club, you have to make sure that you're compressing it, all that great stuff, right? You want to square the face up on the golf ball because it's round, you know. And the thing has a life of its own at times, right? It's always, it's always the ball and the equipment. It's never me. 
You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> I feel like being on a JV team myself. You know what I'm saying? It's just that's the furthest I can get sometimes, you know, with this thing with golf. But I really started picking it up. Uh, I would say I was serious when I was playing, but I didn't have as much time. But I would say in about, two, about 99, 98-99 is when I got my memberships at English Turn, which is in New Orleans, where they used to hold a compact classic, which is now at it's now the Zurich, which is held, uh, held at the TPC, Louisiana. Um, and I had a membership at Forest Creek in North Carolina, and then I had one here in Atlanta, Golf Club in Georgia. So I just had places to go to all the time. And I would say I really started getting real serious about in 99. Then I kind of fell off. My son was born in 03, became a full-time dad. Uh, and then I started getting back into it again probably, I would say, in his – middle school day um and then i would say when he went to college that's when i so i really started picking up again really hardcore 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 about over the last three or four years again we're talking to cordell stewart former nfl quarterback and he's going to be having a golf tournament here next week with the trillionaires foundation what can you tell us about this foundation because looking at the website it seems like some pretty amazing things that you guys offer young kids yeah, you know, it's about financial literacy. I remember growing up as a young kid in a household of two parents before my mom passed. And, you know, you, you know and I think you guys probably can attest to this, is, you know, when you want something, you can't get none until the end of the week. Uh, you don't understand why you got to wait because mommy and daddy got money, right? But, you know, I can't get none until I get my check, you know, kind of deal, right? And so, so the curriculum in the household more times than not has never been about financial literacy. It's about doing your chores, doing your schoolwork, you know, be playing sports, be the best you can be, and just be a, try to be a good person, right? Uh, and so the black and brown kids and in a lot of urban areas, uh, communities, don't really get the opportunity to dive into that space. And so end up calling the tournament the Silver Classic, S-L-E-R, which is um, when it comes down to, you know, leadership, venture, and resources. Um, you have to make sure that you have all those things uh, in place to allow the kids to have an opportunity to understand if you could take all four of these components, um, service, out in the community, doing what you're supposed to do uh, for us giving back. you got leadership, not always by talking, uh, but more times than not by example. Venture, meaning going outside of the call of duty, of doing the norm within your family but kind of branching off to expand your horizon, and then all of a sudden you have resources. In order to have all those things come to fruition to give you a chance to have the confidence in society, uh, you have to have resources. In order to run you guys' station that you're on, if you don't have the resources, you won't be able to have the opportunity to be heard on air. So, you know, you want to take that type of energy, because Cordell Stewart was that kid too, and instill that confidence in them and allow them to go abroad as they grow, whether it's in sports, or just in normal life, be able to have those components and those key things to, to allow them to be successful as just normal, everyday human beings. Silver Classic in town next week at Win Big uh, golf tournament. A lot of celebrities are in it. Cordell Stewart is with us. Uh, you can find out more about the uh, tournament and the charitable foundation it's connected to. Just go to Twitter. Go to K-10. You are a New Orleans guy, as you mentioned, but you went pretty far away to go to college what was the Colorado experience like? And uh, I wonder what it's like now with Dion there. Well, what you see from afar with how Dion is doing is how we were without social media. 
because Colorado at that time would win the national championships, at least going to them, worst-case scenario. And we were going to bowl games every year, so we was always in the top ten for the time in which I was there, maybe outside of it, maybe one year. But as a start, I think we were inside that thing maybe just about two out of three years. And, um, you know, we made our mark with the late Charles Johnson, the Michael Westbrooks, the late Ryan Stoneberg, my center, my Derek West, my tackle who ended up going to Indianapolis, Tony Birdie, Rashawn Salam, uh, Eisman Trophy winner, all of those great Christian Fourier who played with New England ended up winning the Super Bowl. So we had a Chris Hudson on defense, Thorpe Award winner, to Ted Johnson and uh, uh, Matt Russell who was a what's the Buckus Award winner, um, also Deion Figures. So we had a like a mini pro team. And to have that type of success in that type of a city where Boulder, Colorado, arguably, is one of the most beautiful cities and campuses in the country mm-hmm. and with everything that it offers, going west to Aspen, Vail, Telluride, Beaver Creek, Silverado, all, the, all that great stuff, right? And to have a chance to go to school where you have three out of 365 days, you've got 300 days of sunshine. Like it's a vacation within itself. And now that Coach Prime is there, and he's bringing the flavor in which he has and the excitement and revenue and, you know, the hope with the institution, whether it's enrollment in school. It's just flipped overnight since he's gotten there. And, you know, all the things that we remember then is the excitement without even winning a championship now. So just imagine if we win championship, how great it can be, even in comparison to how great it is right now. That's Cordell Stewart with us. You know, it's funny that you say it was like a vacation. My second favorite city in the country, aside from Las Vegas, is actually New Orleans. I go every year. I can't wait to go to the Super Bowl. So I found it fascinating that you were like, because I, I heard you over on Raider Nation Radio, our sister station, talking about how green it was, and I'm like, I, I prefer New Orleans. I love New Orleans. But I guess when you grow up there, it's different. I'm from there. Yeah. And you can only really celebrate places that you have opportunities to go to as opposed to home. If you say home, that's a celebration with itself. Um, New Orleans is, you know, multicultural, if you will, across the board, from the French lifestyle to African-American, Caucasian, Asian, Latinos. And and we celebrate together all the time. If you think about Katrina, just to give you an idea of how resilient, how together and strong that community is, right after Katrina, we still had Mardi Gras. Knowing we're not supposed to because of, you know, some of the risks that we're taking, uh, whether it be because of, you know, the flood and just things being contaminated, uh, we found a way to get it done. Used a tremendous amount of ingenuity across the board through everybody and their help. Uh, we were persistent about life uh, and, and, and being able to continue to enjoy ourselves, and we didn't allow, you know, something that, by default, happened to us, not make it feel like it happened to us. And, you know, we still had Mardi Gras. It was an outstanding time. I didn't go, but I had a chance to see it and talk to my family. And it kind of brought, just like sports, right? Uh, when anything tough happens to us in our family or in our country, you know, dating back to 9-11 even, to not even really go into that. But we had football as somewhat of a pillow to, to get us back to normalcy, if you will, Right. And, 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 and that's what New Orleans is about. We're about being a resilient community, regardless of what happens, to where when people like yourself come and celebrate, it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
You, your days will run together. You won't yep. know what's and, and you will you will be on Bourbon Street or whatever Magazine Street, Canal Street, anywhere you want to go. Riverwalk, Frenchman, uh, uh, all of that, French yeah. quarters, all of it. You just have a great time, man. So it's 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 arguably one of the most celebrated cities in all of the world, to where people love to come back for the festivals and most importantly, even Mardi Gras. Cordell, I want to ask you one NFL question before we get you out of here. Patrick Mahomes, when you see what he does, three Super Bowls, three Super Bowl MVPs, and it's almost one of those where you're someone who could look back and say, I was doing that same thing, you know, 20 years before, and I was maybe a little ahead of my time. Do you agree with a statement like that? Most of 100%. I mean, I was ready. No one else was. Um, and it was very <laughs> controversial, right? It was very controversial because it was just so many things that were happening that had nothing to do with the game. You know, it's like we get so caught up in the analytics of how you gauge a quarterback, right, to the point where you're forgetting that you're winning games. Think about Peyton Manning when he had a chance to win his Super Bowl in, in Indianapolis. Do you all remember how they won? It was great defense by their safety, Sanders, number 21, yep. and Joseph Adai in Rhodes, that actually played great between the tackles by running the ball often and a lot. When Sanders got hurt, they tried to start throwing the football a lot. There were a lot of turnovers being made. They end up going back to running the football again. So running the football was how things happened, and we never really addressed turnovers or anything of that matter. But you knew the scheme that you had to run was one that fit what you were doing best. And having a balanced offense at that time was what they needed to have in order to win. Same thing happened in Denver. No different. It was a great combination of Peyton Manning and running the football. Right now you have Patrick Mahomes that's doing it the way he's doing it. And, you know, my time derived around he's a better receiver than he is quarterback, but I was the first quarterback in the history of the organization dated back to 1933 to ever complete over 60% of his passes, but I was considered as a receiver. So if I was a receiver completing over 60% of my passes and the first to ever do it, what were those guys before me that played the position? You know, like what were they? How good were they? What, what, what position should they have played yeah. if this re- – you see where I'm coming from? Oh, so yeah. it's mm-hmm. like, you know, from the analytics standpoint, I think it's a bunch of crap because it, whether, it's, whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it's Patrick Mahomes, None of that stuff is done in rhythm in a sense of what a quarterback is supposed to be. And because it's been a thing for so long, when I came along doing what I've done, it was very controversial, but I had a pretty darn good career, particularly in Pittsburgh, finishing 46-29. and 29. And that's a winning record. That's winning 63% of your, your games, and that's a pretty high percentage uh, coming out of that city. So, you know, nowadays to see it, Lamar Jackson – two-time MVP in the National Football League. If you do your homework to see the two-time MVPs in the National Football League, each one of those guys are Hall of Famers. We need to start getting prepared to have that conversation about him because he's done this in five years. Two MVPs in five years. So you got Johnny New United, Joe Montana, you got Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Aaron Rodgers. Like, think about it. Start processing that. That's processing that. You start looking at those players. And you see the ones that won two MVPs. The only thing that we hadn't got from Lamar Jackson is a win in the Super Bowl. And I think that that remains to be seen. Because if he wins another MVP, then what do we say? Because he's just doing a remarkable job. So the game has changed, fellas. 
and it's a beautiful day. Uh, need more, uh, but you notice the Josh Allen of the world, even Aaron Rodgers. Like, everybody's having to run because you got defensive ends that's running four fives. Hello? What are we doing here? Gotta go. <laughs> Gotta get out of the pocket. You can't go. You know, so uh, it's all about the W's and nothing else. If you can win and, and you do it within what you know how to do, what you do, you have a chance to win a championship. And I think throwing the ball 82% of the times in that AFC championship game with Lamar Jackson is not what got them to the nope. AFC championship game. I digress on that. Nope, they lost their way. They lost their way. Uh, we got 30 seconds left, Cordell. So uh, one more time, give the uh, tournament a pop. It's uh, middle of next week. It's here in Vegas. Uh, tell people what's cooking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's called the Silver Classic. Uh, it derives around uh, the foundation, derives around kids when it comes to financial literacy, black and brown kids. And I got all my friends, my celebrity friends, and other people that want to be a part of it coming out to have an opportunity to play at the win. Um, it's going to be a two-day deal. Uh, if you want to donate, if you want to be a part of it, I think you guys, I think I sent you guys the uh, one sheet and all. I hope you guys can post that to give them an opportunity. But you can go to the trillionairefoundation.org and you'll be able to find it, and uh, you can donate whatever you want to to give back to these kids, to help these kids to become more well-rounded and financial literate, literate, if you will. Thank you so much for your time. We'll see you next week, okay? Thank you, Jens. There he is, Cordell Stewart, former Colorado quarterback, former NFL quarterback, playing with the, uh, the Steelers, where he got most of his fame, and then uh, eventually with the Bears and the Ravens. Follow him on Twitter, get more information at k slash 10. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Damon, I say it every day. Uh, I don't want to have the audience thinking I'm some old, decrepit dude, but I will ask you, as, as I get older, Cordell Stewart is from a long time ago. It's from a long ways back. And I'm glad that he just launched on his own into that whole discussion about what a quarterback is supposed to be. And we've made progress a lot, but you still see with run threats at quarterback who are effective, throwing on the edge, getting outside, stretching the defense. Lamar Jackson's very good in the pocket. There's still this hesitancy that really goes back to like 50 years ago, 45 years ago. And some of it was with, Like, a great example is Warren Moon, who was a really good pocket quarterback. He was also a mobile guy, but he had to wait over a half dozen years and log time in the CFL because, of course, there were thoughts in the past, one, an African-American from a cerebral standpoint, can he be a leader? Can he run an offense? Which, obviously, is completely ridiculous. And you should be judged as an individual. Maybe, Maybe you can't. But, you know, as I pointed out many times, while he does some good football work, uh, remember, Phil Simms scored a 12 on the Wonderlick. If a quarterback of a different complexion scored a 12, and we've seen it happen, right? Leaking out of the combine, like, oh, I don't know. Just, to, yeah. just in fact, this morning, C.J. Stroud's agency, anyone who they remember represent that one? this year, they are not letting – they are telling all of their clients – Yep. Don't participate in any of these no psychological, yeah, cognitive yep. tests. And no. that, te- that, that, that test last year, I can't even remember the name of it, Stroud didn't test well on it, and Bryce Young was through the roof. And I'm not saying Bryce Young is a finished book, but my God, the difference between them. 
But the whole point is, uh, it's to me, it's more about style of play, and the guys who can run, like Cordell Stewart. If he played now, I think he'd get a much better chance at being the guy. And if an offense was designed around him, you know, in Ravenland, you've had an offense designed around Lamar Jackson, so it's it's worked a lot better. And uh, I'm sure Cordell Stewart looks back on it. He's like, yeah, imagine, you know, if I got the same kind of opportunities. This part of the show is brought to you by our friends at Circa Las Vegas. They've got a great UFC viewing party this weekend. They do it for all the UFC pay-per-views. Is that Stadium Swim, UFC 298. The champ at 145, Alexander Volkanovsky, will be fighting and defending his title. I don't know what he was doing at the press conference this week, dressing like an old man in like a sweater and faking, falling asleep at the pressure, but whatever, whatever you want to do to hype the fight. Henry Cejudo is on the card. Uh, Robert Whitaker is on the card. But you want to reserve a spot at Stadium Swim. you got the massive screens. I mean, what a backdrop. With the Once it gets dark there, it's unbelievable. The screens really pop. Uh, get your reservation in now. CircleLasVegas.com. It's the USC 298 pay-per-view viewing party at Circle Las Vegas. All right. Vasquez in the game. Whoa! Oh, Rob Whaley on the inbound for the slam. No! Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. I've always said I love football, but uh, end of February, March is my favorite time of the year because of college basketball, Major League Baseball starting up, and part of the college basketball season, obviously, that is super exciting is tourney season, and we've got a bunch of tournaments in town, but the biggest one is the Mountain West Conference Tournament. We'll be out there covering it. It's always awesome, and uh, this year the Mountain West is just crazy. You hear a UNLV highlight on the way back there. Uh, Coach Joe Scott from Air Force is on with Cofield and company. Stephen DeMond here. How are you, Coach? All right, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. I apologize. Uh, you know, I know at Air Force um, everything is very disciplined, and we were supposed to have you on at 345, and uh, you called in early. I mean, early's on time uh, in, in your <laughs> neck of the woods, right at 339. I You're was, like, let's go. I was going to say, I was going to say, that was some short uh, break that you had. <laughs> DeMond tried to sell a short break. Our breaks are yeah. about six minutes. We about- <laughs> we exactly, got- exactly. I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's some commercial break. <laughs> uh, well, you know, give us a compliment. Uh, we're doing well. Uh, we're actually selling yeah. a lot of ads. We, we got us. Exactly. That's what I mean. I'm happy for you guys. Good, good. I'm glad. Um, you know, I did not realize uh, that you're actually, I knew you went to Princeton. I did not know you were a Jersey Shore guy. Because uh, yeah. I am as well. I'm from Monmouth County. Uh, my wow, parents where? actually uh, in Middletown, uh, wow. Middletown South, and you know near CBA, yeah, like South, probably three I, miles I from from CBA. Yeah, I know. you. Uh, yeah, I went. I went to high school in Tom's River, but I grew yeah. up on the beach. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom's River East. The, well, the great yeah. thing about your background, um, I've always said, listen, if I could afford now to work all the time at the Jersey Shore, I would be there. Um, but you came from nice areas, like Tom's River is beautiful. And then when you went to school. I don't think people have any idea when they, you know, they hear about New Jersey, they're like, Ugh, you know, they think of Elizabeth and nothing against it, but North Jersey can get a little rough. Princeton yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's the nicest, uh, you know, they say it's the nicest college campus in the country and it's an unbelievable place. It is a beautiful place. And that's like your point. That's true of all New Jersey. Though. Just don't fly into Newark and go 10 miles north. There you go. Fly into Newark, fly into Newark and go 10 miles in any other direction. And you'd be like, whoa. This is the Garden State. Wow, you, there is a beautiful beaches, you know. So, but don't tell anybody that. And it is the best pizza, and the best uh, Italian food, and the best Jersey tomatoes. Yes, um, I don't think we can go down this path because it'll be like twenty minutes on pizza. I had a pizza discussion last week on Radio Row at the Super Bowl, 
with uh, Buddy Velastro, who's got his restaurant here. He's the cake boss. And he, right. he broke down how he makes Jersey-style pizza here, and it was like talking to a chemist. Yeah, exactly. It is. Well, hey, it is the best pizza. There's some places in Trenton and in the shore that are unbelievable. So speaking of beautiful places, the, the Academy in Colorado Springs, every time I go there, I'm kind of blown away by the scenery. And this may be a very elementary, dopey question, because I think most kids that you're targeting to come to Air Force like already have an idea of what it is, but... Are there times when you bring guys in to recruit for basketball and they are kind of blown away by the surroundings in Colorado Springs? Yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, we recruit guys from Texas, and, you know, we have our places where we are successful in getting kids. And you got to get a kid who loves to play basketball, who's a good player. You know, obviously we don't recruit the same uh, level or kids that the Mountain West schools do. They only recruit high school kids anymore. We still do. That's all <laughs> I can recruit. Uh but those kids come here and they're like, wow, geez, this place is really nice, you know. And, and obviously, if you value education, you know, if you love basketball and you value education, well, you get to play basketball in the highest level in the Mountain West, and it's the highest it's ever been. And uh, you get an unreal education, and like you said, in a, in a great place at a nationally, you know, known institution. Mountain West Conference Tournament is coming up the 10th to the 16th in March. You can get your tickets up at the Mountain West website, themw.com, or go directly to unlvtickets.com. So you have a second meeting coming up um, against UNLV. That first meeting, that has to be one of those nights where you're like, this offense, Pete Carrill's offense, uh, worked like on both ends of the floor to perfection. What was that like for you watching it against UNLV? Well, <clears throat> you know, I mean, we've played at different times this year. Uh, in that manner, you know, our, our issue is uh, the ability to sustain it, the ability to do it, you know, half to half, the ability to do it, you know, four minute section to four minute section. Uh, we're not there yet, you know what I mean? We're we're younger than everybody, uh, you know. In a lot of ways, we're weaker in, in th- th- than everybody. We're younger than everybody. We have less experience than everybody, so that's a factor. As you know, all these teams are are really good teams, but. We have the ability, and our guys don't lack confidence. Uh, it's just the uh, you know putting a whole piece together of having the experience of really learning how to do it for 40 minutes, and we did it that night, you know. And I don't I don't believe UNLV played their best basketball, uh, you know. But I know we played the best that we've played, and you know when you play the best that you can play and you sustain it, well, that's when sometimes you find the other team not playing as well. It's a um... I don't even know if it's a unique conference. You, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this. I guess matchups are, are super important in all conferences, but I find from covering UNLV that style-wise, they always have trouble with you guys. For some reason, the last 11 games against New Mexico, New Mexico can't find a way to beat exactly. UNLV. And then San Diego State is, is just awesome in general, but UNLV's, they're like 2-22 they're like and 22 the last 24 games. How big are matchups? And especially for you guys, as you go around the league, you go into some games, you're like, my God, we like we just we don't flow the way we do against other teams. Well, I mean, it's definitely matchups, and I think the real thing is, is you know, it's a matchup every single night. You know, what I mean, there's no, you know, obviously us in San Jose State right now are behind, but you know, San Jose State's not a bad basketball team. They have good players. Tim's a good coach. You know, it's just that in this league, right? Every team is really good. There's no nights off, you know what I mean? There's no team that really helps you. you know, like right now, okay, we might be the one that we, we help you. You know, maybe Santa, but by and large, every night out on that court, you got to play really good. 
The other team has 22, 23, 24-year-olds across the board. They've played 100 and some odd college basketball games. They've played together. And the games are just battles, you know, and it's who can handle that. You know, who can handle that matchup uh, that does well? And I think over time here what you've seen is teams remain old, you know what I mean, because nobody graduates. COVID stays. Everybody gets an extra year. <laughs> yes. You now, yes. as everybody's old, what you're seeing is is everybody, a lot more teams can handle that grind. You know I mean, a lot more teams were up to six. You know, these won five in a row. Come on. You, I mean, they're really good, yep. uh, in my opinion. You know, they, you, you throw those seven teams in, and that's seven teams at every single night. And then you tell me Wyoming's next. Well, Wyoming's good. You know, it's like, so... All that's happened is, is the depth of the league has just, you know, gotten so deep. And as I say that, it doesn't change year to year, you know, during this time frame, you know, because everybody gets their fifth year, everybody gets the COVID year, not many guys leave, and when they go to replace somebody, they replace them with the 22-year-old right. grad transfer <laughs> uh, or transfer from some other school that's played three years already. So, you know, teams have been able to maintain their – age and experience and that's enabled them to develop this edge that every team in this league sort of has coach you mentioned the depth of the conference do you think that when it comes down to tournament selection time that the mountain west conference will get its due and people will recognize how deep of a conference this is with really good teams yeah i i do i mean when you look across the national landscape you know when you look at how many teams we have in the in the top 30 you know and, and who does that compare to SEC, Big Ten, you know what I mean? When you look at who's got more top 50 teams, you know, and there's only three other conferences that have as many as we do, and we're talking about six, and then I'll say again, and you're telling me UNLV's number seven? I mean, so, you know, there's not many conferences that can say they have that kind of depth, and, and when you have that kind of depth, I think everybody recognizes it, you know what I mean? When you, sometimes when you only have three and four well, it's not recognized. We, we, we got six in UNLV seven, and I think everybody in the country knows it because the sort of stats prove it. The MW.com is where you go to get your Mountain West Conference tourney tickets. Uh, you can go directly to UNLVtickets.com. Joe Scott, Air Force coach, is on with us. Um, last two, we can make these pretty quick. Um, in all your matchups, when you look at a certain team, who's the team that you guys had the toughest time matching up against, like you're most impressed by and might be the favorite to win this? Well, you know, for us, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, Boise State uh, gives us problems. Just, again, I think along with San Diego State, just the physical nature, you know, just the 40 minutes of and You know, I'm not saying anything about the officials, but the way games get officiated, the level of physicality, yep. you know, in this league is absolutely yep. ridiculous. And, you know, because of that, uh, those two teams have shown that they play that way. They got good players. They're well coached. They play hard. And, you know, for us right now, uh, that style, you know, I mean, that style hurts everybody. Are they, They've been at the top of the league the last, you know, X amount of years. Yep. Uh, so I, I would say that in, as it relates to us. Last 30 seconds, most explosive player in the games that I get to watch, you know, around UNLV, Isaiah Stevens has just been a bear. Uh, he has taken over yeah. games against UNLV. Who's the guy you look at and you're like, my God, we're yeah. going to face him? Well, we, 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 uh, I, I have about 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but the one you say is he's just a really good basketball player, Isaiah Stevens. He's always under control. He doesn't force anything. You know, you never get him out of his game. Uh, 
And when you have a point guard like that, that just means you have a real good chance to be, you know, to have, to have a really good team. Uh, so, but you know, th- th- there's so many guys in this league. You know, forget out the kid Degenhart uh, from Boise State. You know, I'm not going to say explosive, but he could be like a version of Isaiah Stevens. You know what I mean? Like a bigger. He's not a point guard, but he's six seven, six eight. You don't speed him up. He gets he, his game travels. You know, he plays the same way all the time, and he's just a really good basketball player. Coach, we appreciate helping us out with the preview, and we'll actually see you uh, next week in Colorado yeah. Springs. So thanks for the time. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. There he is, Joe Scott, head coach at Air Force. The MW.com to get your tickets. It's March 10th to the 16th, or you can go directly to UNLVtickets.com.